Last Sunday, we camped out in Isaiah chapter 43, verse 1. But now, O Jacob, listen to the Lord who created you. O Israel, the one who formed you says, do not be afraid, for I have ransomed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. As we unpack this verse for Christ followers, we arrived at this meaning. My adopted children, who have all the rights of blood-born daughters and sons, listen to the one who formed you. Don't be afraid of anything, because through Jesus, I've bought you back from everything that separates us. I call you by name, which means that I know you intimately, personally, and eternally. You belong to me, and nothing can ever separate you from my love. We learn that knowing and belonging is the cure, the antidote for fear because God promises that nothing can ever separate any of us from the love that he lavishes, pours out on each member of his family. Belonging to God gives us an identity that flows from God's love, not from any action we take to prove ourselves worthy of that love, and not from any failures that leave us anxiously wondering if God might walk away from us. In short, we have nothing to fear because we belong to God. Knowing and belonging is also the antidote for insecurity because as sons and daughters of the Most High God, who will never disown us, no matter how badly we mess up, our identity has nothing to do with anything we can accomplish in our own strength or what others say about us and everything to do with what Jesus has already done for each one of us. Today we look at how being fully known and loved by God played out in the life of a New Testament character named Zacchaeus, or Zach for short. Now some of you grew up in church, sing along if you know it, Zacchaeus was a wee little man, a wee little man was he. He climbed up in the sycamore tree to see what he could. Much better than the traditional service, and you would think they would know that song. <laughs> Others of you have never heard of Zach, so in keeping with our kids' vibe today, let's view this brief, fun video to learn more about Zach's story.
Then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Now behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector, and he was rich. And he sought to see who Jesus was, but could not because of the crowd, for he was of short stature. So we ran ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was going to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must stay at your house. So he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. But when they saw it, they all complained, saying, He has gone to be a guest with a man who is a sinner. Then Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, I give half of my goods to the poor, and if I have taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house. So that's Zacchaeus. We only hear about Zac in the book of Luke, where we read in chapter 19, Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. There was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector in the region, and he had become very rich. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road, for Jesus was going to pass that way. When Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. But the people were displeased. He has gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner, they grumbled. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half my wealth to the poor, Lord, and if I have cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. Jesus responded, salvation has come to this home today, for this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and save those who are lost. So here are some insights from what we've just read. First of all, the name Zacchaeus means pure one or righteous. Hang on to that for a little bit later in the message. He was the chief tax collector in the region. The Greek text leads us to the conclusion that Zac wasn't just a tax collector, he was the tax commissioner, the head honcho over the Jericho district. Although most tax collectors were Jewish, he would have purchased his position from the Roman authorities. The local, local people often hated, just detested tax collectors because they almost always made their money by overtaxing people and keeping the excess for themselves. No doubt the Romans knew about this practice, but ignored it as long as they received their cut. 
If anyone refused to pay taxes or came after the collectors, Roman soldiers administered swift justice, which usually meant living on the cutting edge of life. <laughs> As the head of the Jericho tax collectors, Zach was a social outcast. He was rejected not only by the crowd, but by the religious leaders of his day. You see, tax collectors were viewed as sinners and not permitted in the temple. So Zach probably hadn't been to a worship service in a long, long time. He had become very rich. Since he was the chief tax commissioner, Zach had other collectors under his authority. And he no doubt drew a salary, but also took part of their income for himself. So you can see that this made him exceedingly rich and a powerful man in the region. But having said all that, there was a problem. He was too short to see over the crowd. Based on skeletal remains, most anthropologists place the average height of a first century Jewish male at approximately five feet, one inch, considerably shorter than the typical man of today, which is between five feet five to five feet 11 inches. So we believe that Zach was significantly shorter than five feet. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but couldn't see him because of the crowd and his diminutive size. Do you think the people watched Zach carefully? And as he was trying to catch a glimpse of Jesus, they shifted their weight this way or the other way, making sure that Zach would not be able to catch a glimpse of the Savior. As a Jew, Zach knew about the miracles and claims that followed Jesus. So it's understandable that he had a desire to catch a glimpse of this man whose name was on everyone's lips. However, no one would give that chance to a lowly tax collector, especially the tax commissioner, who they believed had robbed them of more than his fair share of their hard-earned money. So what did he do? He ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road. Now, as a man who was influential, powerful, and rich, it wasn't even appropriate for Zach to be up in that tree. To do so risked opening himself up to even more ridicule from the crowd. I can just hear it now. Look at the high and mighty tax commissioner, Zach, up in the tree trying to see Jesus. But he was determined to see the master. Along comes Jesus 
one of the most popular people with the crowds, who looks up at one of the least popular people with the crowds, the outcast Zach, and calls him by name. I'm sure Zach must have thought, how does this man even know my name? When Jesus called out to Zach, he was declaring to this small man and to the crowd that Zach mattered greatly to Jesus. The crowd may have pushed him away, but not Jesus. Zach wasn't invisible to Jesus. Jesus saw him. Jesus knew right where to look for Zach, and he also knew about his past, his childhood, his secrets, his pain, and his tears. You see, it's entirely possible that Zach was a victim of childhood bullying, belittled and mocked as a child because of his size. Children can be incredibly cruel to each other. When I was a child, there was a new toy on the market, a plastic basset hound named, can you believe it, Gaylord. They had to choose the name Gaylord. Now, I believe that it was mostly innocent. I say mostly innocent. Still, it's amazing to me how even today, I can visualize my classmates coming up behind me in the hallways at school and saying, wow, look at those long floppy ears. Look at that black wet nose. Look at that funny way that he walks. But worst of all, even worse than the dog treats and the dog food I found in my lunchbox was this little jingle that was connected to the Gaylord commercial. And my classmates would sing it over and over and over again. Gaylord, he looks kinda lazy, moves kinda crazy, see what he'll do. Gaylord, when you pull his leash, he'll walkity-walkity-walk with you. Sounds pretty silly today, but for a guy in the third or fourth grade, uh, it was tough, it was hard. And my experience growing up is nothing compared to the face-to-face and cyberbullying that kids deal with in our culture. Not all children can leave these memories behind. As they grow, those memories grow in them. They never really heal from them, and many psychologists believe that megalomania or an obsession for power may have its roots in childhood bullying. Perhaps Zach was one of those children who felt helpless, powerless, shamed as he was teased because of his size. 
and eventually became a tax commissioner to show everyone that he now had the power over them. Unfortunately, no amount of influence and power can really fill that void of brokenness and hurt and false shame. Then Jesus did the unexpected and called Zach by his name. Zacchaeus, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. I love the use of the term must because it conveys that it was Jesus' mission all along that day to go to Zach's home. The crowd thought he had come to see them. They were wrong. Jesus didn't say, I would like to go, or it would be nice to see your luxury condo, Zach. He said, I must be your guest today. Jesus saw Zach and firmly called him out of the tree because he knew that Zach needed an encounter with the God who created him. But the people were displeased. He has gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner, they grumbled. As often happened, the crowds just didn't get it. They didn't know Jesus' heart to seek and to save those who are lost. They only saw the greedy tax commissioner, Zach, not the person he was capable of becoming if someone would just stop and take a moment and believe in him. The rest of this story is about Zach's willingness to make things right. But let's focus in on one last phrase. Jesus said, this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. As he speaks these words over Zach, what is he doing? Jesus is reconnecting Zach with his godly ancestry and the true meaning of his name, pure one or righteous. Contrary to what Zach may have felt about himself, about his small size, or even what the crowds were screaming about him, Jesus spoke truth over his life by declaring, you are Zacchaeus, the pure and righteous one. Today, salvation has come to your home. Dear friends, Zach's life was changed forever because Jesus knew his name. And he knows your name today. 
Today, there may be painful experiences in your life which have destroyed your self-worth. Actions and words by others that have filled you with false shame and caused you to doubt your real value. You may be in an abusive physical or psychological relationship and the cruelty of that experience has hardened your heart even towards God. You may have come here today because you're struggling with other issues in your life that have forced you into a corner or up a tree. And you're desperate to catch a glimpse of Jesus. That's all you need. One glimpse of the real Savior, aching to find hope in the midst of your hopelessness. Maybe you've made poor choices and you can't believe that Jesus would even want to look at you today, let alone call out your name. Maybe you can't forgive yourself, let alone receive God's forgiveness for what you've done. You may even be a Christ follower who hasn't been living a life worthy of that name. I have great news for you today. Jesus is calling us out of the tree. He's ready to come to our house, to go out of his way to spend time with you because he loves you. He loves you. He loves you with an everlasting love. Maybe you blame God for what's happened in your life and feel that he has turned his back on your pain. Those of you with chronic pain that you wake up to day after day after day, that's tough. That's hard. And in the midst of that, it's easy to, to buy into the lie that Jesus doesn't care, that he doesn't see your pain. He hasn't forgotten you. He sees you right where you are. He knows what you're going through. God sees your pain today, and he is crying over you. This morning, he's calling out to you saying, come down from that tree. I'm coming to your house. I'm stepping right into the middle of your heartache as I take you in my arms and hold you close and let you cry for as long as you need to. Did you know that God knows your address today? Many years ago, when I was going through a challenging season, a lifelong mentor set me down, looked at me, and said, Gaylord, God hasn't forgotten your address. He knows right where you live, and he knows what you're going through right now. Dear friends, God not only knows your name today, 
He also knows where you live and everything that you're going through. Remember that Zacchaeus means pure one or righteous. But others saw in Zac anything but those amazing qualities. However, Jesus saw the real Zach. And he sees the real you today. He knew exactly the purpose for which he had created Zach. Last Sunday, we discovered that God specializes in giving life to the dead and calling into existence things that don't yet exist. Jesus doesn't just see who we are today. He doesn't see us in this moment, in this day. He sees who we are supposed to be, who he created us to be. He sees the real you and the real me. In this world, we're often identified and known only as a computer database entry, a social security number, or a barcode on a hospital bracelet. But Jesus calls us by name. He sees our potential. Jesus is telling you this morning that he knows where you live and the person you are capable of becoming if someone would just believe in you. Jesus believes in you more than you will ever know and has the power to help you become the person he created you to be. You may not believe it or even feel it right now, but you are God's masterpiece. You really are. He has created you anew in Christ Jesus, so you can do great things he planned for you long ago. Dear friends, there's a reason that you were born. There's a reason that you were born. You are not an accident in God's eyes. God has great plans for you. Get out of that tree and let Jesus come to where you are right now. People will tell you who they think you are. The world will tell you who they think you are. But that doesn't matter at all. All that matters is that God is calling your name today saying that you are known and loved by him. We want to thank you for watching and listening to our sermons online, and we hope that uh, you will be inspired to live more like Jesus through these. 
please check out blackrock.org for more information about our church. Know that you can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. And also uh, know that you can give uh, to BlackRock and to our ministry through PushPay, through our mobile app, and on our website. Your uh, donations and your support of our ministry allows us to have uh, these videos online and for us to impact our community.